It's fall, and that means the feeding binge is set in for all sorts of fishing game and outdoorsmen alike. Well, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things to harvest and eat from the wild on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast brought to you as always by the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse. Visit them at 140 plus stores nationwide or at sportsmans.com. For the record, a bunch of the stuff we're going to talk about in this podcast all came from there. So great store, all sorts of stuff, hunting, camping, fishing, you name it, it's all there. So it is middle of October at this point. I'm fixing to head out and go antelope hunting this afternoon. I'll be gone for the next several days doing that and gathering up some food. And uh, it's just that time of year. Everybody likes to get out and and hunt and fish and and gather up some groceries for the season. Fill up the freezer, fill up the canning pantry, whatever it is you're doing. Maybe just eat a whole bunch of it fresh, which I like to do as well. And since this is a fishing podcast... I won't talk too much about the hunting side of it. I do a ton of it, and I love to eat all sorts of game meat. Uh, It's one of my favorite things. In fact, I basically live on game meat of some sort. And, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoy cooking. Cooking's probably my favorite thing in life these days, the older I get, maybe even more so than fishing. I really love to fish, but I've done it for a living for pretty much all my adult life. And uh, and so when I really look to entertain myself these days, a lot of times it heads for the kitchen or my outdoor kitchen, which I have built here on the side of the lake. Uh, but what I really want to talk about for this particular podcast is a, is a perfect thing for fall, uh, for harvesting and cooking, and that is the salmonid species. So trout, kokanee salmon, and potentially eater-sized lake trout as well. And specifically what I wanted to talk about, about those species, there's lots of ways to cook any of them. And in fact, I should extrapolate and say you could use store-bought fish for this as well, but we'll get back to that. What I like about all of these species is they do one thing very well, and in fact, in my opinion, it's the best way to prepare most of these, all of these ones, the trout, the, the kokanee salmon, and the lake trout and that is uh, to smoke them. I love to have smoked trout, smoked kokanee salmon, or smoked lake trout. Now, real quick, before the lake trout police jump out of the bushes and try to assault me for recommending you keep lake trout, because every time I keep lake trout, I get that kind of email. I'm recommending you keep lake trout 16 to 20, 21 inches from places where they populate heavily. Here in Colorado, places like Granby, Blue Mesa, uh, places like that, tons and tons and tons of lake trout, and um, it does them good to harvest some of the small lakers. I'm not out here suggesting you take 30-inch lake trout home. I'm suggesting you keep the smaller ones. And in fact, a friend of mine who's a managing biologist at Granby strongly suggests that we do to keep the, the big fish healthy that are in there. So keeping a few of these lake trout I think is excellent, uh, and the fall of the year is the best time to get them. They get schooled up. And those small fish are pretty easy to catch. And when I say small, we're talking, like I said, around 16 to 20, 21 inches. They'll be really stacked up on spots, and uh, and they're relatively easy to catch. And I don't want to go into too much detail about how we catch them because this is a cooking podcast. But at the end of the day, we jig them. They absolutely love three-inch gold minnows on jig heads. Uh, very, very easy way to catch, uh, say, 20-inch lake trout. Uh, also, the new Brickley Power Switch, I just just did some filming with that up for average size Lakers and waylaid them. So uh, either of those excellent ways to catch these Lakers, but the lake trout in that size range are more delicious. They're more prolific. 
and uh, they're really, really good in general to eat. And the other one I mentioned uh, uh, was just regular trout. Now in this scenario, it could be cut bows, could be browns, could be fall spawning brookies. Um, slightly different how you handle them, but mostly it comes down to temperature and time because of the size of the fillets. So we'll get into that a little bit as we go forward. And then the last one is the kokanee salmon. And kokanee salmon, depending on when they're harvested, how early in their salmon run they're harvested, can be really good or not really good, depending on the scenario. And in all of those cases, the really good ones, I handle slightly different than the ones that aren't really good. But uh, fundamentally, the again, the systems are the same. The difference is when they're harvested earlier in their run, they have less color, uh, less of the extremely um, humped back and, and kiped out jaw. Uh, just in general, they're not quite as far into their spawn and die process. Uh, their meat's more firm and uh, has better flavor and texture. By the time they're really covered, colored up good and they're really humped out and they're way far into their into their spawn, the meat can, can tend to get very soft and, and a little bit of a mossy taste to it, at which point I handle it slightly different. But fundamentally the same for all three of those species of fish. And somebody's going to say right away, well, why only the trout and salmonids? Why only, why only salmonids? Well, because they have a high oil content. You can look at the color of their meat, and in a lot of cases it's very evident how much their oil content is. The more colored up the meat is and the more the bars of fat are in the belly meat. When You'll notice when you clean a big... Uh, trout or a lake trout that's you know 20 inches long, he'll have a bunch of fat in his belly on the sides of the belly in between the muscle meat, and uh, and that's that's a good sign that they're going to smoke up well. So I want a fish that's got a lot of oil to it, and if I was saltwater fishing, that would be your mackerels, your amberjacks, things like that. Well, in freshwater, that's mostly your salmonids that are going to have that, and there's some other fish that I smoke too, but we're going to keep it to uh, to these guys for today. Um, the the big the big thing to keep in mind whenever you're going to smoke fish is typically it's a multi-step process and I like to smoke fillets. So let's start off with that. First of all, to fillet any of these fish because they're delicate, uh, because they're trout, because they have small bones, um, I will fillet them typically with a replaceable blade uh, outdoor edge fillet knife with a real flex um, fixed blade or a replaceable blade knife. It needs to be extremely sharp, which is why I tend to lean towards the replaceable blades because they are literally razor sharp. But a very sharp fillet knife is part of it. Second of all, I don't worry about getting every single bone out when I'm filleting this because when the final product of this meat is going to be eaten in either small pieces uh, or it's going to be flaked and, and made into other things, which we'll talk about towards the end of this podcast. So at that time, I can worry about getting some of the pin bones out. I still try to get the rib bones and the main bones out, but all the little hair, pin bones and stuff like that, I don't necessarily worry about unless it's a good-sized fish. And I'm not a huge advocate of harvesting you know, big trout, uh, certainly not big lake trout, and a kokanee salmon is going to top out at about five pounds anyway. So you're not really going to get there. So those little tiny bones, I don't panic on in the initial fillet process. If the fish is on the small end of the spectrum, I will often leave the skin on, particularly with lake trout and regular trout, more so than the kokanees. If you leave the skin on, there's a fat layer between the skin and the meat. And that skin layer, or that fat layer, will kind of act as a self-basting thing for one. It will keep the meat from drying out, protect it a little bit from the direct heat of the smoker rack. So if you're going to do it skin on, 
uh, pretty easy. And then when the, again, when the meat's done, it'll pull right off the skin. If it's smoked correctly, the skin will peel right off and you won't have any problems with it. It's probably easier to get it off after it's smoked than before it's smoked. So if I am going to leave the skin on, uh, then I will leave uh, the skin intact. In other words, when I fillet the fish, I'll just knock one whole side off the fish, pull the rib bones out, and then leave the skin in one piece. And again, that's typically with smaller fish. Now, I smoked a, a group of brookies not too long ago, and they were like 10-inch brookies, so they weren't big fish. And I was like, well, we're going to see how this goes. So I filleted them, didn't worry about the bones at all, left the skin on them. So I've got little bony little fillets. But the meat was beautiful, and they were from a high mountain river that was overpopulated with them and uh and i thought well we'll try them on the smoker so i gave them a quick quick brining process which i'm going to go into here next smoked them for just oh maybe 30 minutes quick smoke on them because they're very thin fillets if i have a thicker fillet then i'll brine them longer and i will smoke them longer to get to the same effect but that's generally my mo i don't change the temperature of the smoker i still smoke everything at 225 to 250 degrees um, that tends to be fine. I don't have any issues with smoking small ones or big ones at that, at that temperature range, but that's generally how I do it. Now, for me personally, smoking uh, involves a pellet smoker of some sort. Now, there's a whole bunch of hardcores out there that can be like, oh, what a sissy, you smoke with a pellet smoker, whatever. Well, it's easy, it's controllable, I can have it on my deck upstairs. Uh, and I do a, a ton of stuff with it, tons of stuff I do with the pellet smoker, and it works really good. If you want more smoke, get a secondary smoke tube, so to speak, which is basically a tube with a bunch of holes in it. You put wood pellets in it or wood chips in it, light it on fire, blow it out, let them smolder in there, and they will more than double the amount of smokiness you get. In my experience, you don't need a tremendous amount of smokiness in fish. Fish is delicate, and... Uh, and just an average amount of smoke and a pellet smoker will do, do a plenty good job with that. The terms of the pellets or the wood, regardless of what kind of smoker you're going to use, the pellets, uh, I like either alder or cherry uh, the best with, with smoking fish. Those are my two favorites. There is one other thing that I've done a few times, and I like it if you have a skin-off fillet, and that is to use a cedar plank soaked in water and then put on your smoker. Uh, similar to what you would with grill. It will off-gas a little bit, but uh, to be honest, I'm not sure it adds enough in the smoking scenario like it does in the grill where the wood chars a little bit and, uh, and, and puts out a little bit better flavor. Uh, but it is a possibility for you guys, and it is something else that you can try. And it makes for a really cool presentation because the wood takes on a really nice color, uh, at which point I'll set the whole filet out in front of everybody, maybe hit it with some lemon juice, a few other things, and, uh, and go from there. So... Let's get into nuts and bolts. Let's say I'm just going to pick an average fish. I'm going to say that we have a 18-inch trout and we want to smoke it. And it could be an 18-inch lake trout, could be an 18-inch kokanee, could be an 18-inch um, you know lake or whatever. You have two choices. One, I can fillet it whole, and or, or excuse me, smoke it whole. And if I'm going to do that, then I'm going to completely gut the fish, of course. In my case, I'll take the head off. I've had too many guests that are like, yucky, I don't want to see the head. So I'll take the head off it and get rid of that. Um, but I will leave the rest of the fish whole. In that scenario, then I will then cut scores through the, through the skin of the fish, almost down to the, to the spine, all the way down into the spinal column of the fish, about every inch and a half down the length of the fish, uh, making sure to penetrate all the way through the deep parts of the meat. And the reason I do that is I want to give room for my brine and my smoke to get inside the meat for one, 
And then for two, when I peel the skin off when the fish is done, then um, I will have perfect blocks that I can take off with a fork. And I, you take the part from the basically the lateral line to the top of the fish will come off in one piece, and then the, from the lateral line down. And it makes it just an easy way to take the fish apart and leave the bony skeleton there by pre-scoring it. Uh, that's, in my experience, the easiest way. So I, I basically use a fork as my gauge and make it just a little bit wider than a normal fork, and then I use that fork to flake the meat off the carcass once it's done. And I could do a, a, a kokanee, I could do a lake trout, or I could do a regular trout whole like that, and it works just fine. What I found is using a grill grate, which is an aluminum grate. You might have to Google them, but it's basically an aluminum, a little bit more profound grates, and they sit right on your smoker. Uh, you can set the fish on its back as opposed to one side or the other that way. And when you do that, then if you want to, if you're worried about it drying out or your fish doesn't have a lot of fat to it, you can also add some sort of fatty element to the cavity. And that could be butter, it could be, uh, you know, different things. But that, or I've even seen guys do a strip of bacon in there uh, and let that base down into the fish as you go through. But um, doing them on their back like that, I found it allows the meat to cook more evenly because the rib meat is going to, to smoke much quicker because it's much thinner than the, than the meat on the top of the back. So if you set the fish upside down on its back on that grill grate, it will heat that side of it quicker than the top and, uh, and that works out really good. So whole is the first and probably the easiest way to handle the whole scenario. <coughs> Excuse me. The next best way, in my opinion, and in some ways excellent for presentation, could be that you fillet the fish first. And when you fillet the fish, again, in a lot of scenarios, I'll leave the skin on it, particularly the smaller the fish is, as I already talked real briefly about. So if I have a, a trout that's only in the you know 12 inch range or something, I might fillet the side off, again, peel the rib meat out, leave the skin on, and then call it, or peel the ribs out, I should say, leave the skin on, and then uh, smoke it that way. And again, I could do that with any of the species. And it's really a presentation thing, any amount of time you want to put into it. Obviously, the fillets are going to smoke a whole bunch faster than if you put a whole fish. And because one whole side of the fillet is exposed to the smoke, you're going to get a nice even, even color to it. Uh, and it's going to have a nice uh, you know, um, a texture, I should say, to it. So that's an excellent way to do it. So you've got either of those choices, and it'll work with any of the fish that we talk about. Now... From there, uh, how you handle it next is a little bit, could go either way. So the, the, I go with a brine most commonly, and you can use a wet brine or a dry brine. And the difference being is the amount of water in it, so to speak. Uh, when it comes to a wet brine, which is what I use more often, I generally shoot for about a 5% salt solution. So basically what that is, is you're going to be somewhere around three quarters of a cup of salt uh, per gallon of cold water. And that's a ballpark. If you end up with a half a cup or a cup, it's not going to be a giant difference. Basically what I do is taste the water before I put the fish in it, taste for a specific saltiness range that I like, and then go from there. And typically my brines will include salt and sugar of some sort, and maybe something slightly acidic as well. So a little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of white wine, um, could be citrus, other citrus, I should say. I've done salmon with orange in it. It's delicious. Um, but 
basically it's the 5% salt solution with a little bit of sugar and maybe more like 4% salt, 1% sugar, and then some sort of acidity to it in that wet brine. The wet, typically I'll take that brine, I'll heat it up and make sure everything dissolves good, then chill it down with ice cubes and then put my fish in it. The fish could be in there from anywhere from, depending on the size of the filet again, or the size of the whole fish, could be in there from an hour or two to maybe even six hours or something like that, maybe even overnight, depending on the fish. When it comes to brining, the worse the quality of the fish, the longer I will brine it because it will firm up the meat, it will flavor the meat up a whole bunch. And so in the case of something like a, like a kokanee that's well into its spawning run, the meat will be will not have a tremendous amount of, it'll just have a generally fishy flavor to it, which I know sounds off-putting, but when you're done with it, it'll be delicious. So uh, the heavier I'll run the brine on it for sure, whether it be a wet brine or a dry brine. Dry brine is typically a salt, sugar, could be herbs, could be any sort. There's a whole slew of different dry brine recipes that people use. Could have a little bit of pepper of some, some kind of heat, some cayenne in it, something like that. It's a dry mixture that is then rubbed on the fish thoroughly and all into all the cracks and all the car, you know, the, the crevices and, and inside the, the cavity and the whole nine yards. And then it's left to sit and what you will find in the refrigerator uncovered. And then what you will find when you do that is that a lot of that stuff will literally straight up dissolve and it will sink into the fish. And, uh, and again, the same thing. You could leave it as long as, as overnight, at which point it's going to be very heavily uh, brined or it could be just a couple of hours. So if I had a really good quality, you know, 18 inch rainbow and it was in excellent condition, I wouldn't want to brine it overnight. I would brine it for a couple hours and smoke it. If I've got a late run kokanee, I'll brine it overnight and smoke it. So, um, but the brine's pretty simple. Don't outthink it. It's same thing with turkey or pork uh, or chicken. I brine a lot of stuff because that salt that's in the water, it's not a matter of making it taste salty. It's a matter of equalizing uh, and, and denaturing the proteins in the fish for one and for two, seasoning it as well. So it's a scientific process. If you want to look more into it, I strongly suggest it. You can go down a serious rabbit hole uh, about brining stuff. And like I said, I brine a tremendous amount of pork. I brine a, a, a whole bunch of any sort of poultry, almost any kind of poultry. Uh, I will brine and, uh, and of course, a lot of different fish as well, particularly for smoking them. So it's a good process to familiarize yourself with, but at the end of the day, it's very simple. Don't outthink it. Let's say now that my fish is done, I've taken, okay, it's been in the brine for however many hours I want, three hours, four hours. Um, now I'm going to rinse it thoroughly in ice cold running water and just rinse it completely down, get, make sure all the excess brine is off of it, uh, whether it be the dry brine or the wet brine. And then I'm going to put it on a rack and I'm going to pat it as dry as I can get it with paper towels. The whole thing, whether it be a whole fish or a filet, I want it as dry as I can get it with paper towels. And then I will typically put it uncovered either back in the refrigerator or depending on how cold it is outside, maybe even outside and just let the breeze and, and mother nature do what it does. Keep in mind, it is brined at this point, which is a preservative. So uh, it will be a little bit more stable than it would otherwise be. Um, if, you know, so don't panic on, on raw fish uh, being in the refrigerator or outside for a little bit in 35, 40 degree temps. Let it form a pellicle. A pellicle is that kind of dryness on the outside of it where you can touch it and it's completely dry and that will help it absorb smoke. And if it's wet, it, it doesn't do as good a job. So you want to let it form as much of a pellicle as you can. This could even be, you can even brine it and clean it 
uh, clean it up, rinse it off, pat it dry, leave it in the refrigerator overnight from that point. Uh, and so, yes, now we're talking two whole days in the refrigerator potentially, but that's okay because we're headed towards preserved fish here. This is not a, a, a you know brand new fresh fish fillet. So the pellicle is really, really important. And so once it forms that pellicle, then we can talk about smoking it. And then from there, if I'm doing a fillet, uh, I might do an external seasoning on the meat side of the fillet. I might brush it lightly with butter and honey. Uh, or just butter, or some kind of a spiciness, uh, depending on what you want to do with it. Uh, and again, if I've got a late run, you know, kokanee, I'm going to season it more in this scenario as well. I'm going to put a, I might put a butter and honey and try to head it down a sweet road, or, or maybe a butter and honey and cayenne pepper and give kind of a sweet and spicy run. But uh, if I've got the full exposed fish, the, or fillet, I should say, with, then I will potentially season that whole thing. Uh, if I've got a whole fish, I don't worry about it as much. It, uh, it's going to be contained by its own skin, and, uh, and that's going to help it base from itself on that, in that route. But, a, but an exposed flesh that's been filleted off will definitely benefit from having some sort of a fat brushed over the top of it after the pellicle is formed, and then in the smoker we go. Now, I already mentioned that I smoke generally between 225, 250 degrees, somewhere in that range. Again, it is not absolutely critical. It's the beauty of this whole process is that A, it begs for improv, and B, it's it's not 100% got to do it this way, like some, let's say, baking would be. If you smoke it for a half an hour or 45 minutes, it's not going to make a giant difference. If you smoke it at 250 versus 225, it's not going to make a giant difference. If you've got some wood chips that are a different flavor left in your smoker and you use them uh, in it it's not going to make a giant difference. So you're talking about fine-tuning a little bit here is not a huge deal. We just want to get in the ballpark. So I'll put the fish on. If they're whole and they're on their back, I won't rotate them at all. If they're on their side on their, and they're whole, then I might flip them one time during the process. And if they're fillets, they'll for sure stay on the skin side down the whole time. And you want to smoke them till they're just going to flake, depending on your scenario here. Let me back up a little bit. You want to smoke them depending on what you're going to do with the final product. If you're going to eat it on a cracker, uh, maybe with uh, some extra stuff, you know, just like classic smoked fish, then I will smoke it a little bit less. I don't want it to get as dry. I want it to just barely be done. So I'll only smoke it to maybe 140 degrees, 145 internal temp or till it flakes apart with a, with a fork. And that's it. If I'm going to blend it into something else, which I'm going to end this podcast with, then I will smoke it to more temperature until it's a little bit drier inside, because in that scenario, I'm going to add other moisture back to it. And again, I'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, typically, a fillet might only take you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes at the tops to smoke. But if I'm going to do a whole fish, it might take a full hour, hour and a half to smoke. So you just pick your battles there as far as that goes and how you're doing it. What I suggest is making sure that you get to 140 or 145 internal temp. Anything after that is up to you. So if you, whether that means you flake it with a fork and visibly look at it, make sure there's no opaqueness to it anymore, that it's completely colored through or no, um, no, no uh, you know, clearness to it. Uh, or you stick a temperature, you know, a thermometer in it and check it. But those are the two things I go from there. So once it's done, I'll pull it off the smoker, uh, let them rest for a while, and then I'll go until it's cool enough to handle, and then I'll pick the meat. I do suggest 
If you're going to pick the meat, particularly off whole fish, you do it before it cools all the way down because once the once it cools all the way down, the meat itself will grab back onto the bones and it will want to not come apart quite so easy. So if you do it while it's still hot, not so hot that it burns your hands, but still hot enough that the fat is all liquid that's in there, then it comes apart a little bit easier in terms of getting the bones out. And, uh, and I will certainly do that on the smaller fish, things like that. Obviously, if I'm going to put a whole fillet out as a demonstration thing uh, or a presentation thing, I should say, then I won't touch it at all. We'll just let it cool down and put it out and serve it. So, uh, and again, it depends on the quality of the fish. If I've got a nice, cold, perfect trout, I probably will put it whole, put it out in front of guests and let them, let them work on it. So if I'm going to serve straight smoked fish with crackers or whatever the case might be, maybe a little crostinis, uh, something like that, then I will typically serve it with a squeeze of lemon over it, maybe a caper or two, uh, maybe a uh, slice of onion, a slice of uh, a little crunch, a little tiny thin crunch of onion or a super razor thin piece of jalapeno, uh, things like that. Something to give it a little pop to go with the smokiness. Really delicious on some sort of a crunchy cracker or something like that. Um, really, really delicious. I like to do that. Another excellent use of good quality smoked fish is to toss it with pasta. So take some pasta, cook it off, put uh, put a little cook it till it's al dente. Put a little bit of butter in a pan uh, with a little bit of other seasonings, whatever you want in a separate pan. Could be a little bit of garlic, could be a lot of other things. Uh, maybe a little bit of herb, put that in the butter, brown the butter ever so slightly just before it's done, put a little bit of pasta water and then toss all your chunked up fish in there, toss it around then toss it with the pasta and serve it. Very, very good smoked fish to go that way. Um, another excellent way to do it is in any sort of an Alfredo or uh, something along those lines. Smoked fish is an excellent substitute in there. Um, and so I like to do that. It could go in a variety of any sort of a cream-based sauce. It's really good as well. It's also really good as a complement in a fish soup or, or stew, like a fish chowder. You take a fish chowder that's made with a white fish base and then take some heavily smoked and flaked fish and sprinkle over the top along with some crunchy croutons and you've got really excellent flavor bombs that go excellent with your fish chowder. So that's another good use of the smoked fish as well. Then the one I do commonly is I will put it in a food processor and pulse it. Now this is the case where I have a bunch of little tiny pin bones in there and I don't want to get them all out. It's Maybe, it's a, maybe they're little fish. Um, then I will pulse them in the food processor until it's pretty fine, like uh, almost like a, I don't want to say a paste because that sounds yucky, but, but pretty fine chop. Then any of those little pin bones are not an issue at all. And then I will blend it with, let's say, cream cheese and sour cream with some dill and a few other things. And now I'm headed for fish dip. Makes excellent fish dip that way. And again, you just put it out, blend it up almost like a mousse, and people can just dip crackers in it. Uh, really good to go that route as well. And in that dip would have lemon juice, some acidity, a few other things in it. There's a bajillion ways to make fish dip. I like a little hot sauce in there, uh, you know, but, but the smoked fish is excellent for that. And that's a really good use of, a, of say, a salmon that's way past its prime. Uh, then I will overbrine it, over smoke it, blend it, and make it into dip. And then you've got salmon, you know, fish undertones, but not necessarily the mossiness that comes from salmon that have been been uh, nearing the end of their life. So 
that's, that's how I'll do that. And then another scenario with that same fish could be to make stuffing. And this is a really good one. So maybe you've seen stuffed flounder. You've been to the South and they make stuffed flounder. Well, they stuff it with crab meat. Maybe you want to pound some, uh, some venison now and pound it out real thin. And then you stuff it with smoked trout. Uh, make a, a stuffing or filling with it, maybe with some minced herbs and smoked trout and a little bit of butter and a few other things, roll it up in venison and cook it in the oven, and now you've got a surfing turf that you can serve to anybody, these really fancy pinwheels that are really, really delicious, and uh, that's a good way to do it. Or a brown butter sauce with a little bit of the smoked fish in it, pour it over the top of venison. Again, an excellent use of, of the smoked fish. Um, but a, a dip or a mousse or a filling of any sort for something else is really good. If I'm going to make the filling, I generally just chop it up, uh, do a mince, but not a full paste to it. I want it to have some fishiness to it. And if I have a big enough fish where I can get the pieces apart without having to do that, I'll do that even better, have bigger chunks of the salmon to it. Now, uh, those are the basic uses I do with the smoked fish. Uh, it goes good with so many different things, and it adds such a nice flavor bomb to everything that it's just a really complimentary thing. goes excellent with venison. And in fact, the, the, the motivation for this podcast is I just took a venison uh, sirloin off of the smoker that I rubbed and smoked, and uh, I smoked three trout alongside with them and had a surf and turf meal that was absolutely delicious. So... Smoked salmonids of any kind, one of my favorite things, um, so delicious. And even people that say they don't like trout, uh, or particularly stocker trout, you know, rainbow trout that have been just recently stocked, the meat is kind of kind of that gray white color, don't have tremendous flavor. Smoking them is the way to handle them. So love some smoked fish, whether you use a pellet smoker or whatever. Just remember it's a brine, whether it be a wet brine, dry brine. Expose some of the meat either by scoring the skin or filleting the fish all together. Take the rib bones out, smoke it to your liking, and go from there. So, guys, I hope you'll join the conversation on our social media. I would appreciate that very much. That's at Fishful Thinker. Uh, and that could be on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, and especially our YouTube channel. There's a bunch of cooking on our YouTube channel, including some smoked trout. So you can go check that out if you guys would like. Uh, there are things, a couple different versions of smoked trout on there as well. So check those out. I would appreciate that very much. And also, uh, quick last thing, we just re-signed air contracts for next year. So we will be airing on Altitude Sports Entertainment and World Fishing Network for our 16th season starting uh, January of 2024. So thanks for tuning in. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Mm-hmm.